This is The Culture. Hello, guys, and welcome back to another edition of the Cinema Wave podcast. With this episode, we have something a little different than we haven't done before. We're going to be doing our first Zoom interview with someone who's from the industry. Uh, the interview is going to be conducted with writer-director Sue Kramer. She previously directed a um, LGBTQ comedy called Gray Matters that came out in 2007. But for this interview, we're mostly going to be focusing on her career as a whole, as well as her upcoming short film called Swipe NYC that is premiering at the Montclair Film Festival, which we have been covering since this past weekend. And we're going to continue to cover throughout this week and next week as well. Uh, be sure that if you guys don't already to subscribe, like the video, comment your thoughts on the interview. We want to try to do a lot more of these going forward. So your support honestly means a ton to us. Um, be sure to follow us at Cinema Wave Media on Instagram as well as on TikTok. And then on – we also have at underscore Culture Wave Media, which you can follow us on also on Instagram. And uh, we're on a bunch of other places we're building out. So again, just your support means the world to us. And without further ado, here is my interview with Sue Kramer. All right, guys. So as you guys saw at the beginning, we are sitting down with writer-director Sue Kramer, who is talking to us with her newest short film, Swipe NYC, that just screened at the Montclair Film Festival in Montclair, New Jersey, which we're covering for the next couple of weeks on the channel. Sue, it's really nice to sit down and talk with you. How are you? I'm great, thanks. Thanks for having me. It's no problem. This is really exciting for us because this is like our first legit um, sit down interview, our first zoom interview. So for everyone, bear with us. This is our first time kind of messing with the zoom and the virtualness of it all. But I did want to ask you to start, uh, what, where did your love and appreciation for cinema come from? My, I'm a cinephile and my love and appreciation came from my mother who grew up in Guatemala and she learned to perfect her English. Even though she went to the American school in Guatemala, she learned to perfect her English through her passion for cinema. So she would watch all these great films from like William Wyler and Billy Wilder and just, you know, a plethora of incredible filmmakers. And she learned how to have this passion for cinema, which she then, um, instilled in me. And so growing up, we would watch an old movie every week, uh, if not a few. And then I went to film school as a devout cinephile and I had to go to UCLA because Coppola went there and I was like, I have to go exactly where he went. And Jim Morrison went there and I was like, okay, these are the two coolest people alive. So I, I want to go where they went. And uh, that honed my skills um, as a filmmaker, but also all the cinema studies classes of watching great films and then going really deep into them or really deep into a film genre or a filmmaker um, or even just uh, different, you know, parts of the world of, of watching, you know, cinema from different places. And then I had a daughter and I raised her the same way that my mother raised me. And so since she was about two, I would show her a classic movie. And so kids at school, she'd be going into preschool and the kids at school would all be watching something like, oh, we watched the Wonder Zoom kids today. And Lutess, my daughter would be like, I watched Audrey Hepburn in My Fair Lady and she and I want her Barbie. I want the Eliza. And they would be like looking at her like she was crazy. Or she'd be like, Pillow Talk with Rod Christensen and 
and Doris Day, such a fantastic romantic comedy in like the first grade. And, and now she's a cinema minor in college. So it, I'm passing it all down. Yeah, that's awesome. You guys basically just kept it all in the family with the culture and all of it, which, and also, so I had said to you off camera, our company is based out of New Jersey and based on some of the research that I had done, <clears throat> excuse me, I had saw that you're originally from Fairlawn, New Jersey. And a big part of what we want to build with this company is talking about the impact of New Jersey on the arts and the arts background. So can you speak a little bit to your upbringing in Jersey and if there was an impact that this state had on you in terms of your relationship with the arts? Um, I have to be honest with you that New Jersey did not have a big impact on my artistic um, career or my inspirations, um, except for Bruce Springsteen. I'm a huge Bruce Springsteen fan, love Bruce, and he's my takeaway from New Jersey in terms of my love for the arts of New Jersey. He stands out as my biggest artist. But... Um, I, I have to say the brutal truth is that I grew up in this fantastic home with great sisters and great parents and wonderful friends in high school. But I, I, I pretty much ran from New Jersey. I was like a club girl on the weekends, took the bus into the city every week and was always going to either clubbing or going to see art in New York City. And that was, I was one of the few. I mean, there were people in my class that never even went to New York. Um, and I was constantly going to New York. And then taking it from New York, I, I took it, you know, one step further, which is that I needed to get to L.A. Um, and then spent 12 years there. And then from L.A., I ended up living in Paris for a long time and then coming back here to New York. And so last Yesterday, we, we premiered our New Jersey premiere of Swipe NYC at the Montclair Film Festival, which was glorious. But it was a bit of a homecoming for me because the audience was filled with high school friends, you know, friends of my parents and my dad and my sister. And, um, and, and it was really nice because it was this really great feeling of the Montclair community coming together and me having a real appreciation for, for the Montclair cinema community, which are a bunch of cinephiles and they really treasure cinema. So that was really great. But um, I'm sorry to say, I can't throw it back to Fairlawn. No, no, that's totally okay. I think, I think even though like you just sort of alluded to Montclair has really established themselves as a really great Mecca in this, in the garden state for a lot of really great art like and actually it's, I think it's a great transition because my next question I actually had for you is about your relationship um, when you were at UCLA Film School with Alexander Payne who I actually just saw his film The Holdovers uh, at Montclair Film Festival which I thought was fantastic and um, he executive produced your first feature Grey Matters back in 2007. Can you talk about your relationship with him and just UCLA Film School in general? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So we had a posse of, I came in as an undergrad um, in film school and then stayed into grad and Alexander was already grad with with this group of friends. Um, I wonder if they'll kill me for saying this. <laughs> that um, has a club called the Wednesday Night Club. And we went to this bar every week on Wednesday nights called the Coronet. And we still are a very tight group of filmmakers. We happen to have a phenomenal class 
even though those guys were a little bit older than me, um, we all worked on each other's films. I worked on Alexander's films. I worked on um, all of my group, which was like Brad Silberling and Tyler Benzinger and um, Audrey Wells was a little bit in our group, closer with some others, but I was kind of the only girl in a big, you know, posse of boys. And they let me in. I'm saying it right now on record. I was in the Wednesday night club. They don't like to talk about when I was there because it's a boy club. So Alexander and I have been friends since I landed at UCLA. We became friends. Um, cheerleader for our whole gang, I have to say. He he stepped up right away. I was I was lucky enough to get signed pretty early out of film school before Alexander and, and a bunch of those guys. I, I had an agent and, and was starting to get work as a screenwriter. And I believed so much in Alexander and film school on his film um, about Martin. That, that I'm probably messing up the title, but um, that was his thesis, the Martin film. And um, we all worked on each other's stuff in terms of everything, like whether it was craft services or in camera department or, and we're all still share in each other's joy. They were all in my screenings in LA when I started this journey with Swipe and they've been at a bunch of screenings. I was hoping Alexander was going to be there last night because we both were at the Wellmont on the same day, which was yeah. just unbelievable when we think about that we start out together and like here we are in the film yeah. festival circuit and that we're both in this beautiful iconic theater in this cinephile town, uh, that that was fantastic. So our relationship started as friends and collaborators and is still the same. And we're still, you know, huge, huge fans and cheerleaders of each other. Yeah, I mean, talk about planets aligning, right? Especially because you guys, what what are the odds that you guys are going to screen on the same day at a festival that's, again, like, it might not be near and dear to your heart, but it comes from somewhere where you originated from. And I think that's yeah. fun intervention. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Um, now I want to jump into the main reason that we're talking today, and that's your new short, which, again, you just mentioned a little bit, called Swipe NYC. I think it has an, a, a truly terrific cast. Lisa Edelstein, Richard Schiff, Bridget Moynihan, which, among others that are in it, what initially drew you to cover the topic of online dating for the short? Uh, uh, it's a very personal story for me. It's my most personal story. I got divorced and was uh, all of a sudden uh, having to raise a 10-year-old on my own and also having to navigate being single and wanting to meet people and i had no idea what online dating meant like like literally no idea like people were like just you know make a profile and i was like what does that mean like do i write something like what you know what i had no idea what it all meant and i got like coached from some friends and some of my like divorcee group friends and they encouraged me and so i dove in like a fish out of water and I would journal entry when I came home because I thought I'm going to kill myself if I have to go on these dates and just sit there and then not think of this as anything artistic because this is painful because <laughs> as everyone knows on the online dating you're meeting this stranger it's not that you locked eyes across the bar 
It's that you just, you know, text, text, and then you leave, and you have no idea what is in store for you with the person you're going to meet. And so I just went into it with this super positive attitude of that no matter what happens, this is going to be artistic material for just my own soul. So I would come home and I would write a journal entry. You know, I went out with this one guy and he started tickling me within like seconds and I called him Tickle Me Elmo. So I'd write date number 36, Tickle Me Elmo. And he he started tickling me and I'd write about the date or I'd write about this guy who started sniffing me and was like, you can only really feel sniff pheromones. You have to sniff and then you get the feeling, the chemistry. And I was like, I was looking at him like, holy fucking shit this is unbelievable that this this is happening right here like this is incredible that this is how this goes and so i wrote dozens and dozens and dozens of journal entries and then that became something that um became an article that i wrote for a a wonderful literary magazine uh that was a little bit about that and then that became a book agent coming to me and saying, you've got to write a book on these dates. Like, I love the article. And then I started writing the novel. And I'm not a novelist. I'm a very proud screenwriter. And I was, like, in pain writing the novel. I, I was like, I'm, wow, prose. Like, all day long prose. This is really hard. And at one point, I just said, you know what? I want to write this as a script, as, like, a small featurette. And it just flew off the page. I was done within two weeks. I wrote the script in two weeks, gave it to Richard Schiff first, who said, when and where, then gave it to Bridget Moynihan, who said, when and where, and can I produce this with you? Then got Lisa Edelstein, who I met through my friend Eileen Rosenzweig originally. And uh, it was just off to the races. It's one of those crazy stories that from inception was one year ago and here we are on the like eighth film festival and won a few of them and it's been this incredible journey of uh really leaning into yourself and your authenticity and putting it on the page and being super vulnerable because a lot of it is based on me it's a fictionalized version version of me but it is about me and so here i am kind of like you know naked in front of any everyone in one sense or another metaphorically and uh the response has been really wonderful i i honestly really loved the short i think you turning it into a short was probably a really great direction to go in i think you present awkwardness in such a hilarious way throughout the film and like you were talking about there's a real vulnerability to meeting someone for the first time in person after talking to them through a device right so, like, some of, especially, like, you were talking about the scene of the sniffing, that was something in particular, David Walton's role, that was a very creepy, like, as a viewer, I even felt like the creepiness through through my screen. And, uh, again, there are definitely most likely experiences that women have gone through that are similar to that. So, did you feel that there was an element of this where you needed to protect the character of Sid, in a sense, because she was based on you? Or did that lead to more freedom with the writing process in general? I never had to protect her, ever. Never. I had complete freedom on all the characters and specifically it's all told through the point of view of Sid, but uh, it, it was pure freedom on every level. I, I wanted Sid to be what I consider myself, which is, you know, um, at 50, 
um, that that women at 50 are authentic and sexy and cool and awkward and self-deprecating and that we don't look like sex in the city and no no diss on sex in the city because the original sex in the city fantastic and iconic but the new one and no diss on that either is what i call hyper realism and um so is emily in paris which is a lovely show but they uh aren't showing real life i mean i lived in paris and i and um had a big life in paris it's not that um but that's a great show and escape but my i my intention was very purposely that I wanted to show an authentic 50-year-old who's an empty nester who is recently divorced and has to really rebuild and reboot and reinvent her life and what that looks like and the awkwardness of it, the rawness of it, the sadness of it, the joy of it, the sexiness of it, and really bring that, you know, into the into the light. Yeah, and I think it's a really great combination of both comedic and dramatic moments. I actually had it written here in my notes, too, that there's really great realism in specific moments, like the phone call with her mother when she talks to her about joining a widower's club. Like, that's something that I could imagine. Like, even just people in my family, I can imagine that being a conversation. Weird hobbies of older men, such as Richard Schiff's character, and or the comfortability of just finding a partner that might be uh, closer just due to traffic. So I thought you did a really great job in the writing process of finding the right equation of sort of reality while dealing within this new modern age of online dating, honestly. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, of course. Um, the one thing I really did appreciate too, like I love anthology series personally. I really like that aspect of film and television. And this plays a lot like an anthological sort of thing because Sid is going on all these different dates where you're getting these great snippets of quippy dialogue of her talking to whether it's Richard Schiff's character or it's the younger um, African-American guy that she's sitting down with. Um, in the bar for the second scene for you what brought you to this version of the exploration of like your experience and love rather than maybe focusing on something where it would be like maybe just one awkward experience that you have had do you think it was because of the characters that like there were so many it was so rich there were so many different types of people that you encountered that you just felt like you had to tell that story in that way it's interesting because I had so, I mean, I had so many journal entries and I still do, which is why, you know, we think that Swipe has a life um, much further than this short film or featurette, um, whether it's going to be turned into uh, a television series, most likely, or a feature. Uh, it's it, 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 endless stories. And also everyone wants to know more about Sid. Like, let's, we're going to explore in the, in the future of the next incarnations of swipe her life and 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 kind of you know her her mother who calls and her daughter and all of the different people that you kind of hear about on the sidelines will become part of kind of her life but uh yeah i never wanted to first of all i never wanted to wrap up the bow um so i don't really love those type of movies that are wrapped up in a bow even though of course every great romantic comedy usually is but um i wanted to make sure that this was a story about a journey even though the title is swipe so everybody automatically thinks oh she's swiping she's gonna end up with somebody so the whole time i feel like the audience you know is waiting to see who who's it gonna be and and the surprise is kind of you know who she ends up with I'll just say not to give anything away 
but uh, that was very purposeful uh, of, of taking her on that journey of who she does end up with and what comes from it and what kind of what love means. That love doesn't just mean romance. Love has so many different meanings as a mother and a child, as a lover, as a you know ex-wife, as she calls herself. I used to be a wife, and now I'm a man. As you know, self-love of figuring out how, how to love yourself is that you know that she has these people in her life, you know, like making sure that she's loving herself both physically and spiritually, and that you know the definitions of love uh, are is an interesting topic for me, and how we often as a society try to put people into a box. And what yeah. Sid's character is all about is that she doesn't go on these dates and ever think to herself, even though a lot of them are odd or different or have different ways of expressing themselves romantically. She's not judging them. It's a very hopeful movie. Mm -hmm. She thinks of it as an education, which is what I thought of it as, is, wow. It's been a long time. I was married for 18 years, so it was a long time since I had dated. And dating has changed since 18 years ago, and, and or 20-something years ago. And, and it's very different now in the digital age, but also people's um, fluidity and how they're able to things that normally maybe people would have just hidden and would have come out maybe 10 years into a marriage that you find out that somebody has these things that they want to be sexually or um, romantically and how they feel. But now society's opened it up, at least in New York and in some places, um, that you can go on a date and, you know, on your first date, which is wild, people tell you these crazy personal things. And this is common to everyone dating right now, that it's like, Wow. Like you just told me, you know, this massive thing that normally would have taken a good year into a relationship in, you know, years back when I first started dating. But now it's like this fast world of telling each other something. And then but Sid is very much <clears throat> a voyeur in a sense in that she's just watching and listening and then saying, okay, this might not be for her, but really interesting that she's learned this. And then it's on to the next and learning, you know, and each, each piece becomes a piece of her, you know, broken puzzle. I was going to say too, I think in terms of like you were talking about, so many people are an open book nowadays when you wouldn't expect them to. And I think a big part of that too, which I'm sure Sid as a character probably feels is there's such a pressure to like settle down immediately because there's an emptiness or there's something that somebody else might possess. And I love that you brought it back to the self-love aspect of it. I do. And I'm really excited to hear that you guys might be doing more with this sort of story and her character, because I think there's a lot more to explore, especially that self-love aspect. I feel like it's hard to encompass that. In, though you do like you make the most of your runtime with what is the clock in about what 27 minutes right 28 minutes 29 so you guys are like right on the cusp but there's so much more that i want to find out about this character which i think is a testament to you as the creative voice but also uh lisa edelstein who's so great in the role 
So can you talk to me a little bit about how you were able to cast her and bring her in and what was your vision for making her your selection of basically representing you on screen? Lisa is a dream, like in every way. She's she's a fine-tuned instrument, but but at the highest, you know, like a Stradivarius. She's like unbelievable. Uh, she, we did takes at the most two, which is unheard of. Uh, I mean, we shot this in four days, had no money. Everyone thinks this film looks very glossy. Everybody, and it has a lot of credits tons of thank yous and everyone thinks that we had a ton of money we had no money we made this in four days with fifty thousand dollars and it looks really beautiful it's a, it's a real jewel box love letter to brooklyn and lisa uh i met her originally a couple of years back through my friend Eileen rosenzweig wrote on girlfriend's guide to divorce but i didn't meet her we didn't we weren't friends we didn't have any type of relationship and I've always been a huge fan of hers. I, I loved her in House and in Girlfriend Guide and all the way back to Seinfeld and uh, West Wing where she worked with Richard Schiff. And, and I thought she would be amazing. And Eileen Rosenzweig originally said like, wow, Lisa would knock this out of the ballpark. And so I approached her agent uh, who said she was unavailable. And that that's what, you know, this is what was going to, you know, be happening for her right now. And then I was just like, you know what, I'm going to do the Sue Kramer, which is never take no for an answer, which is my motto pretty much in life. I have a few, but that's one of them. And I wrote her on Facebook Messenger and just said, what the hell? And I wrote her thinking there's no way she's going to answer even though I am an established screenwriter and we do have mutual friends. So I don't come from nowhere. But I just wrote on Facebook Messenger, hey, I don't know if you're going to get this, but I have this really beautiful film that it would be a dream for you to play the lead. And within seconds, it was dot, 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 dot on the like, screen. And I was like, oh, she's writing me back immediately. And she was like, I don't even know anything about this. And I said, I sent it to your agent. One thing led to another. And, and she said, this sounds interesting. Let me give it a read. I'll, I'll you want to give me your phone number and I'll let you know when I'm you know, through reading it. And I thought, sure. And in my career, that could mean anything from three weeks to three months sometimes with an actress. And so I said, sure, let me know, take your time. And that was on a Friday night at nine o'clock. And on Saturday morning at 9 a.m., she called. And I was like, oh, an unknown number from LA. I wonder who this is. No idea. And she was like, hey, it's Lisa. And I was like, and I, my sister's name is Lisa and my best friend's name is Lisa. So I was like, Lisa? I was like, what? And and then I had a bad connection. I was at a friend's house and I couldn't hear her. And she's like, so I want to film. And I was like, wait, what? Who is this? Like, what's going on? She's like, and she kept saying, I want to do your film. And I never heard want to do. I just kept film. And I was like, and she's like, it, I was like, wait, who is Lisa? She's like, it's Lisa Edelstein. Maybe we should talk another time when your phone works. And I was like, oh, wait, hold on. Let me get to a better area in the house. And then we just chatted. And she was like, I love this. I, I, I love this. When do you want to do this? I said, I want to start shooting September 17th. She's like, let's go. And I said, wow. She said, yeah, I live in L.A., 
you just have to bring me out. And then it was like everything from that point onward, Britain. Everything from that point onward was um, in the most incredible collaboration because she's so smart. She's so funny. She's so dimensional in terms of multi, not even three. It's like a layer cake of everything that she brings to this character and to all her work, which is for me personally, we talked a lot about my life and she came to Brooklyn and she saw where I lived and saw my life and saw how I spoke and studied me. And then we talked a lot about, you know, things that weren't me and like that are very sin that have nothing to do with me. Um, but Lisa, her, her generosity and her graciousness and her talent locked up in, in, in this actor is, is just such a joy to work with because she's like Lucille Ball. I mean, she's that funny, but also can go completely into, you know, a completely different, whether it's, you know, Elizabeth Taylor or whoever you want to say, I of course always throw it back to the oldies, but like she, she has such a range that can go from comedy to deep, deep, you know, pathos. And that was something I wanted for this character. And, you know, the first day of shooting, I was like, okay, we're, we're done. Like, I know that I have my girl and I know that I have Sid and I know that I have everything here because she really is everything. Her eyes, her movements, her, her gesticulation, the way that she pauses between all the listening of every date and it's there's silence and so much of her performance yet you're completely vested in everything that she does absolutely i think that i think that she does a really great job in terms of just resembling you in such a way that even just based on this call that we're having like there's so much that went into her portrayal of you which i think is so great I think the short film overall is so wonderful and you're on the festival circuit now. Do you have a day or like a date in mind in which you guys know that you guys are going to go fully wide with it? You mean as a series or like, uh, so is, is it, a, is the short available for people to watch currently like online? No, we're still doing, you know, we've been in a bunch of festivals and we're still in the, in the circuit. So we'll, we'll be doing some more festivals, but then we'll be, you know, turning it into a series most likely. And then people will get to watch Sid's journey when it comes out on whatever streamer, hopefully that we land at, um, or, or a feature. Um, but there is no place to just unfortunately tune in, uh, to watch it, uh, right now, but unless they, they become a Montclair, um member this week the Montclair Film Festival is playing and in that sense I think that there's um some kind of access for a certain amount of days that can watch this. Two more questions for you that actually don't have to do with the film but have to do with you and your career that I'm very interested in. So one of them is I had seen that you wrote a screenplay years ago titled The Locals. Uh, there were a number of names that were attached to that, whether it was Shirley MacLaine, Vera Farmiga, the late great Oscar winner, Alan Arkin. Is that still something that you plan to eventually sort of film or is, like, is that still on the horizon or is everything what you're doing right now sort of pumping your all into trying to find, uh, continue on the story for Sid? 
Uh, it's a great question. The locals is is, is one of those um, has had nine lives and it's going to have a tenth. Uh, I will probably be making the locals within this year. Awesome. Not not Thank 2023, you. but within. I always think of the year as like a school year. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I filmed Swipe last fall. Now here we are. I'm like, again, we're now in the new. So, uh, but yeah, we are actually have a lot of interest right now on the locals, and I'll be making it as a feature. That's so awesome. it so will you... uh, be made, and we're just deciding which home we we want to land in right now. But it has it is one of those beloved scripts one of my favorites that I've ever written and has been greenlit three times um, with massive, incredible actors uh, from Shirley MacLaine and Alan Arkin. At one point it was Omar Sharif and we had drinks, champagne in Paris at the George Saint Hotel to talk about the character. And back in the day when I first wrote it, it was one of the first scripts I wrote out of film school and Anne Bancroft was playing the lead. And, I rehearsed with her at her house, and Mel Brooks was bringing us tea. Uh, so it's got quite uh, quite the history. In fact, um, Cara Buono was at our reception. She's in Stranger Things mm. and a dear friend and a fabulous actress. And Cara was who I cast as a young 18-year-old girl in the locals originally. And I cast Adrian Brody. And I was his one of his first people who had kind of like not discovered him, but gave him like a real shot at a big part. Um, and that was going to be with Anne Bancroft um, as the grandmother. Uh, but it's had nine lives, literally. And for one reason or another, many things have happened. Anne got cancer and that was horrible. And Anne Bancroft passed away. And then there was just other things that happened along the way. And, the last time with Shirley MacLaine and Alan Arkin when it didn't happen and we were in Berlin selling it to the world, I said, I'm done. <laughs> I can't do it again. I'm putting this on a shelf and I'm going to say goodbye and I'm going to bury it in the, with love and this isn't supposed to happen for whatever reason. And then, you know, a month ago, we got a bunch of calls like, this is the time for the locals. And I'm like, oh, hallelujah. And so I've taken it off the shelf and, and I've been making it. That's amazing. Do you, do you guys have any actors in mind or like, have you guys been in talks? I know the strike is obviously happening, but were you talking to anyone prior to the strike that you can comment on or you're, you're not allowed to? You're not allowed I can't to. talk about any of the actor stuff. Definitely can't comment on, on that. When you do, when you do sell it, you have to come back on and talk to us all about the process because I'm very Absolutely. curious to hear all about it. Absolutely. I'm very to hear all about yeah, it. my pleasure. Um, the last thing I wanted to ask you is, uh, I would personally describe you as like a multi-hyphenate. You do so many different things. You write direct, you've produced, and then you have experience in political movements through PSA work. Um, I absolutely love your company connecting dots guru so can you explain to the audience our audience how all your endeavors basically cycle through your company and what your basic like mission statement is well connecting dots guru is a branding agency that i started about five years ago that is uh i i think an original concept um that i i think that very often brands hire advertising agencies that have executives very creative executives and doing a lot of their work, but but really the greatness of a brand is in storytelling. And so I thought, what better 
a person to be able to tell a brand story than a screenwriter and a director and design as well. And so I put a group together and a team of designers, including myself as a designer, but another wonderful designer named Jeff Yaz and, as my senior designer and uh, really started to go after some small brands and say, we would love to be considered against the big guys because we could tell your story like no one else can because I have a screenwriter's pen and a filmmaker's lens and no one that is in my competition has those two things and has made movies and has been in Hollywood for a while and sold to you know, almost every studio. And so that became a really wonderful calling card. And so Connecting Dots still exists as a branding company to hire me and my team to come up with a soup to nuts approach of what is your brand? What does that brand stand for? What is your logo? What are your logo colors? What is your mission? What is the statement? What do your bios sound like? What is the voice of your brand, which most don't unless they have a lot of money. Um, and our philosophy is that there's a mid range of not a little tiny mom and pop, agency, but more of a mid-range agency like mine, which is still boutique, but that can tell a brand's story in a really cool way. So we could do visuals, commercials, and I direct commercials as well, but we could write the commercial and we can do everything from uh, a beginning to the inception of a brand, like what is their motto? And let's come up with the wording of that motto, of that catchphrase, of the just do it kind of thing. Uh, so that's what Connecting Dots does. My production company is called Bella Films, and that is run through Connecting Dots. Connecting Dots is kind of a mother company. And then we have Bella Films, which does all of my productions, and we'll be doing Swipe and Did Swipe and Did Great Matters, and does all my PSAs and, and all of that. But it all runs through this kind of kaleidoscope of my creativity, which is, you know, that artists we, we we wear a lot of hats and so connecting dots guru is just one of the i see all these kind of dotty molecules running around and then i think about like ooh, like whether that's me trying to help a brand or make a movie or cast an actor i also very often thinking about that person needs to meet that person and that has been my entire life since film school very much going back Full circles of the Alexander Payne days of them, you know, one of our dear friends, Bob Manganelli was like, I don't know how I'm going to make my film, my student film thesis, like we need an Amtrak from LA to San Francisco. And like, how are we going to afford, you know, buying out a train all those hours? And I was like, I'll let you work on it. And we got Amtrak to sponsor our entire film. I had we'd stop at train stops in Fresno and there'd be a taco place waiting with bags of food. And he'd be like, are you kidding me? You have lunch waiting on the stop. I'm like, I'm a, I'm a producer. Like I, I, yeah, I, I, I connected the dots along the way of the, the train trip. And so Alexander and Bob and all those guys, so really we'd be like, how do you do this? And it's really how my mind works in this colorful kaleidoscope of really thinking about things in a global way of who should be working together and what colors go together and what people go together. And yeah. I really admire your overall vision for all the things you're working on. And you have, like you talked about the pen and uh, the eyes of a filmmaker to enhance and cultivate content. 
And I, at least in terms of what you were talking about too, with the dots and connecting people, like when I was able to start this a few months back and I brought in people from our old high school, all fine and performing arts, and we're all from the same network of people. And so many times my teacher, my high school film teacher was like, I don't understand how there's not a network that builds you guys out. Like there's so many of you at this point. And we have uh, some alumni that came from our school, people like Tom Pelfrey, Cal Penn. Like these are people that started at our high school and it's being able to build those relationships. And I think it's very evident based in not only our conversation, but through your short film and all your, all your efforts throughout the years that you have an ability to connect people. And I think that's really, that's really amazing. Thank you. And I hope that I, you know, my connection is also to connect audiences. So, you know, it hopefully swipe, um, which is my current project, you know, connects people. Like I, I got the greatest compliment last night from um, the head of the film, the shorts program at Montclair Film Festival. And she said, not only was everyone talking about swipe coming out, but everybody on the streets of Montclair going from the Claridge to the Wellmont Theater, we're talking about how Swipe affected them. And I was like, wow, that is so cool that all these people were connected just walking on the streets of Montclair. So. Well, I think that's a great way to sort of circle back to the beginning of the conversation. And Sue, I want to thank you again for coming on and talking with us. This has been a real pleasure for me. And I hope one day that you can be in studio on the couch or we can meet up and we can talk about some future projects that you're working on. Great. What high school did you go to? Where, where, where is this? Uh, so um, we're from Howell High School. So it's in Howell, New Jersey. It's technically considered central, but some would say south. We're in Monmouth County. Yeah, cool. Very, so. very cool. Well, I always say to people, like, my, my film school posse are still, you know, my creative, you know, friends that we still bounce stuff off each other. And that's a great thing to keep up with that group and watch how everyone grows and does great things. Thank you so much, Sue. I really appreciate it. You're welcome.